0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today we begin a new series uh, entitled Passion. Passion matters. Um, It's going to be, I'm not sure exactly, it's going to be a four to six week series. I've been just really praying about it. I got... Some things outlined. I just don't know exactly where it's going to land completely. But I really encourage you over the next few weeks, especially if you've been struggling with passion in your life, to just stay connected to the church here. Make sure you just stay calm. I'm going to make a commitment the next four or five weeks. I'm going to come to church because I need this change in my life. Um, let me ask you the question. You don't need a shout-out answer to me. What are you passionate about? What makes you get up in the morning? What are the things that, oh, I'm so passionate. I I have this thought that as we grow older, sometimes our passion starts to wane. It starts to disappear a little bit as we grow older. And I don't want that in my life. And I don't want that in your life. I think that passion... Matters. I think that passion is really, really important that we have it in our life. Think about your childhood or maybe your teenage years. What were you passionate about? I remember, um, for me, I loved basketball. I would eat. I would sleep. I mean, I go to school. I always had a basketball. I loved basketball. I was, I was just passionate about it. I mean, after, no one had to tell me when I got home from school, hey, Tom, you want to go play some basketball? No one. I was out at the basketball court as soon as I got home from school. I loved playing basketball. I mean, even when I'm in school, you know what I was thinking about? Basketball, playing basketball at school. It didn't help my grades at all, but that's what I was thinking. I was passionate about it. It was something that was in me. In fact, guess what? It literally gave me a reason a lot of times to get up in the morning. I want to go play basketball. It was, and you might think it's weird. You might think, man, that's kind of crazy. But it was something that empowered my life. I'm going somewhere, so just don't get up and leave yet. Just hang on with me. I could put up with a lot of crazy things throughout the day. If I knew at the end of the day I could go play basketball. Maybe I'm the only one, but maybe you guys, yeah, I just could do it. And I share that because it's important because God created us with this need to have passion in our life. Passion is important to our daily living. In fact, during this COVID pandemic, I think this was was a major problem was that this inability for people to engage in their passion And it caused a lot of people difficulties because all of a sudden we got shut down and all of a sudden the things that we were passionate about we couldn't do. And especially young adults when their passions were stripped away from them, all of a sudden everything seemed to to leave and it seemed like they had no purpose. In fact, some felt like they had no purpose to live. True story. Sad. But it reminds us that passion matters. So what is passion? When Jesus was teaching on money and possessions in his famous message on the Sermon on the Mount, he made the following statement in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. The Greek word "cardia" refers to the heart. It can also be translated as inner self. It's, It's something that's inside of us. Jesus was identifying passion as something that comes from within. It's an emotion that drives us towards something. Basically, Jesus is stating, your passion is going to drive you towards what you treasure. What do you treasure? Guess what? Your passion is going to be connected to that. I think most of us would agree with that statement. That your passion is fixed on what you value. Think about it. Nothing great really happens... Unless you have passion, passion is an energy that propels us into the future. It was passion that really took astronauts to the moon. We—if you—you might have been alive back in those days. I don't think I was. I was born in '64, whenever that was, but maybe I was, but I don't remember it. But there was a passion in America that we're going to get to the moon. Astronauts actually gave up their lives. So that we could, we could get to that journey and get to, that was passion. It was to accomplish the goal. Think about parenting. A good parent has a passion towards their kids because why? They value or they treasure their kids. Yeah. Some of you have a passion for your dogs. I mean, you literally have a, like a cradle thing that you walk your dog in. And they don't, they, yeah, they don't get any exercise because you're always doing the exercise for them. Stop that. Let your dogs get exercise. But parents have a passion towards your kids because, grandparents, you guys will transfer your passion from your kids to your grandkids. I'm looking so forward to that day when it's coming where I can all of a sudden transfer my passion. Passion is what makes a grandfather get on the floor and act all goofy and stupid and and roll around with his grandkids and then he, you know takes him 20 minutes to get off the floor because he hasn't been down the floor for so long but it's passion because he loves his grandkids he values them we have a passion for what we treasure i want you to listen to the words of king david this is when he's in the wilderness of judah and you got to remember that the presence of god would come upon david and it wasn't like what we live today where we, are actually have the, we can have the gift of the Holy Spirit 24-7. David was anointed with the presence of the Holy Spirit. But there was times where David was like, man, where are you, God? Listen to this passage of Scripture in Psalm 63-1. It says, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh thirsts faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. The sustenance of David's life was all about his heavenly father, about the presence of God. It's a beautiful psalm that describes David's passion. Without God, David recognized that he was nothing. Having passion in your life is life-changing. It takes life from a place of ordinary, and it moves it into the land of extraordinary. Do you know what I'm saying? Without passion, we just wake up every morning, get out of bed. Okay, I'm going to go to work. I hate work. I hate work. I hate work. You have your dry toast with a little bit of, a little bit of oil spread, whatever you put on it, because you, uh, you have high blood pressure. I hate this whole, I hate life. Take all your pills. You get going. Some of you young people don't know what I'm talking about. You're coming. You're, it's coming your way. Just get ready. And life just becomes ordinary. But what happens if we could apply some, apply some passion in our life where we take ordinary living to extraordinary places? Where all of a sudden now we don't wake up just thinking, oh man, it's another day. Am I going to make it through? What happens if we wake up and say, oh man, it's another day? I'm talking to myself as well. Man, it's another day where I, can, I have breath in my lungs and I can go out and make a difference in this world. Passion. There's an interesting... Um, and by the way, just a thought. Passion does not come out of fear. Passion comes out of faith. If you don't live by faith, you'll never discover passion. If you're constantly living under fear... Guess what? Fear will rob you of any passion that you have in your life. It will strip it away from you. And so I continually preach, and the Bible pre- shares, that we have to live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's an interesting passage of Scripture in that the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 5-7. through 7. I encourage you to turn to this passage of Scripture. It's a passage that uh, I've had really a hard time to relate to through the years. I just don't relate to this passage of Scripture. I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but let me read it to you. Chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, verses 5 through 7. It says, For the more more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with His comfort, comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. They're, they're going through persecution. They're going through difficulties. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort that God gives us. And the words that I struggle with in this passage of Scripture is that word suffer or Suffering. Or those very first six words that happen in this verse. For the more we suffer for Christ. I just got to be honest with you. I have a hard time relating to this passage of scripture. Why? Because I really haven't suffered for Christ. I really haven't. I mean... Not like this scripture says. And some I know some claim that they've been suffering for Jesus. And, and, but I would argue that you're probably not necessarily suffering for Jesus. It's just suffering because we live in a world that's kind of stupid sometimes. And, and we have difficulties. But not necessarily suffering for Jesus. So when I read this scripture, it's, I, I struggle with it. To me, when I read this passage of scripture about suffering for Jesus, I think of people who have been in prison in China because they've been preaching the gospel. And now they're locked away for years and years and years. I think of people in Mosul who have their houses tagged by an Arabic letter, red Arabic letter. It gets sprayed on their on their house and it st- the letter stands for like our sound of N, the letter N, which stands for Nazarene, which identifies their house, that there's Christians that live in this house. They tag it. They're in danger now. The house actually goes under Islamic ownership and rule. They have... Four choices, basically, in their life from that point on. They can either uh, uh, convert over to Islam. They can pay this unreasonable tax and, and try to stay and live in fear. Or they can leave the country, or they can die. Now, that's suffering. That's persecution. I haven't experienced that. To me, when I read the scripture about suffering for Jesus, I think of people who've been in prison. And it's not the same thing that we've that we, I don't think, ever experienced. I think about the Apostle Paul who wrote about his sufferings, how he'd been stoned and beaten multiple times in prison for the sake of preaching the gospel. How can I ever relate? Because I need to relate to the Bible. I need to have the Bible living in me. And how, how can I relate to this type of suffering? I don't, I don't live in those times. And I know that, hey, maybe we're gonna get to those times, but. <laughs> I wonder sometimes that now with, with how sometimes, the, 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 the man, if you're passionate about God, you're looked down upon in this world. I'm just saying. It, it's kind of like, ooh, don't be passionate about God. Freak people out. I discovered something interesting when I was looking up this passage of Scripture, and I, I'd love to do some word studies in the Greek, and... and um, the word suffering in this passage of Scripture, I discovered that it's the same word that's used in Romans chapter 7, verse 5, but it's translated different. Instead of being translated as suffering, it's translated as passion. And the Greek word that is used there can either be translated as suffer or passion depending on context. This word can be tr- translated that direction, and I believe Second Corinthians chapter one, and I want you to—I want to state this very, very clearly, because I don't want you to leave from today and say Pastor Tom's a heretic or that Pastor Tom is changing God's word. Don't do that, please. Listen to me. I believe Second Corinthians chapter one is translated correctly because this really is talking about suffering. But I want you to look at what happens if I replace the word suffering with passion in that scripture we just read. For the more we have passion for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same passion we have. We are confident that as you share in our, normally you would say suffering, as you share in our passion you will also share in the comfort that God gives us. I share this thought not to retranslate the scripture because it's translated correctly. But I wanted you to catch how suffering and passion are so similar. It's the same Greek word. You can see if you truly have passion for something, you will choose to suffer or die because of your values. You will choose to suffer or die because you're passionate about what God is sharing or you're passionate about your children. You would die before your child would die. You're passionate about it. The passion of the cross. What does that mean? When I say the passion of the cross, what does that mean to you? The passion of the cross. Isn't it all about the sufferings that Jesus chose to endure for you and for me? Isn't that what it's all about? For you who are watching online, isn't the passion of the cross because Jesus was willing to be so, you were so valuable to him. You were so important to him. That he was willing to lay everything down. He was passionate for you. I'll probably never be able to relate to the suffering that Jesus went through or the suffering that the Apostle Paul went to, but maybe I can relate to the passion. Maybe my heart can hurt over those who don't know Jesus. Maybe my heart can have a compassion to, to, towards those who, who, who are in need, like the youth this last Saturday where they were packaging up food and sending it off. Maybe my heart can, can ache over those who are living in persecution. And I can be praying for people, for missionaries that I know that are in China right now doing an underground Bible school. Every day their life is in danger. But they have a passion for God. Passion matters. It's what motivates us to help others. Right? If you don't have any passion, you're never going to help anybody else. You're just going to help yourself. It's what motivates us to endure difficult times without passion. Now, see, the problem with the, t- the whole COVID pandemic that we had, people had their passion in the wrong place. And so when the pandemic hit, some struggled with it because their passion was in things instead of in God. And we're going to talk about that. And there's nothing wrong with having passion in other areas of your life. But it is wrong if that passion is greater than your passion for Christ. Passion matters. Passion matters. It's what motivates us through difficult times. It's what motivates us sometimes just to get out of bed. you got to have passion. you got to live with passion. We need passion. Without passion, life becomes routine and dull. We need a passion to live life that is fulfilling. Don't you want your life to be fulfilled? Don't you want your life, when you get to the the end of life, you can look back on it and, and say to yourself, I mean, I want to hear the words that Jesus says, well done, thy f- good and faithful servant. But I'd like to be able to even say to myself, you know what, Tom? You did okay. You were passionate. You served. You loved people. You made a difference in lives. You helped when there was, need, where there was a need for help. It wasn't just about you. It was about others. That's what God wants us to get, get us to. His two greatest command, commandments. Let me change the words a little bit. Be passionate about me. That's what God says to us. Love the Lord your God. And be passionate about others. Love others. That's our commandment that God gives us is to have a passion in us for others. We need to have passion in our life. We need to have passion to live a life that is fulfilling. A person who is passionate about bodybuilding, guess what? They will suffer the pain to get through it. A person who has passion to build a business will suffer the pain to create a business. A person who has a passion for the poor, they will suffer the cost. What it costs. I think of Tommy Barnett and Matthew Barnett and the Dream Center. Years and years ago, they Tommy had a passion for the for the drug addicts, for the poor, for the lost, and he and he took the Dream Center in L.A., bought that old hospital because he had a passion. It wasn't an easy thing to do. You can t- you hear the testimony. It was painful. It was difficult. It still is. But they had a passion. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As a follower of Jesus, it's extremely important that we have a passion for Jesus. A passion for the things of God. Otherwise, in difficult times, we will lose hope. Most of you know about the light bulb that was invented by Thomas Edison but some of you might not realize that. Did you know that he failed 1,000 times before he actually invented a light bulb that works? What would have happened if he wasn't passionate about it? What was, would have happened if he wasn't determined? We would have living in darkness with candles. But guess what? He persevered because he had passion. Remember the story in Mark 10 where the rich young ruler approached Jesus and asked the question... What good deed must I do to have eternal life? And eventually Jesus challenges his motives because he knows his motives are wrong. and, And he tells him, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor. And then come follow me. That's what Jesus tells him. The man chose to walk away from Jesus. Why? Because his passion was greater for his possessions than his passion was for Jesus. He had a greater passion for his possessions than for Jesus. For where your treasure is, say it with me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What do you treasure most in your life? Our passion in life is important. Our passion, the greatest thing that we can do is, is have a passion for Christ. But guess what? We need to have a passion for other things too. Otherwise, we'll never accomplish anything in life. Our passion it needs to be priority for Jesus. But let's continue to build a passion in our life For people and for other things. For careers that make a difference. Where's your passion? That's the question I ask today. We can never let our passion for this world outweigh our passion for Jesus. And I really, over the next few weeks, I want to bring a balance about passion in our life. That we need to have passion for certain things. It's important. But sometimes what our struggle is in life, speaking to myself, all of a sudden I become so passionate about certain things that I lose my zeal, my passion for God. And I can never do that. My passion for my children can never be greater than my passion for my God. My passion for my job can never be greater than my passion for my God. My passion for my boyfriend or my girlfriend can never be, I don't have a boyfriend and girlfriend, okay? I got a wife, that <laughs> Speaking on your behalf, online campus, stop laughing. But you get the point. Our passion for Christ needs to be number one, amen? Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness and for your love and for your grace. I pray today that we will all discover a new passion in our life like never before. A passion that takes us, Lord God, from ordinary to extraordinary. And Lord, we know that passion is found in you. Because you're the number one. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. I pray today for some that maybe are struggling with that. That over the next few weeks, Lord God, we're going to go to a whole nother level in our lives. Where We're going to wake up in the morning. What has God given me to do today? Where we wake up with a new value and a new passion, where we're not just getting by, but Lord, we're fulfilled in serving you. Help us, Lord God, I pray. Lead us, God. Direct us, God. Implant into our mind and our heart the values that you would have. We thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.